Welcome to the Third City Christian Church Podcast. This week's message is Come to the Table, Part 2, From the Inside Out, recorded Sunday, May 15th, 2022. If you have a story about how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending an email to podcast at thirdcityc.org. Now here's Josh with today's message. The month of May is littered with tradition in a good way. Uh, man, many of you may be sitting uh, inside some kind of venue at a very long ceremony where you will listen to pomp and circumstance on repeat for like 20 minutes. Uh, man, if you're lucky enough to be in a university uh, uh, setting, you're going to get to hear it for like three hours. Like that stuff, you'll be hearing it in your sleep. Or maybe you're going to be in a wedding venue where you will hear Canon ND, you will hear the wedding march, you may hear Star Wars Imperial March as the bride enters, if you're lucky enough. I love tradition. There are pieces of tradition that, uh, man, they, it makes us comfortable. Uh, we get excited about it as we anticipate something uh, that's coming. And uh, Merriam-Webster defines tradition as this. It's an inherited, established, or customary pattern of thought, action, or behavior. And I've thought about this, and a lot of people have opinions about youth ministers that, man, they are not traditional at all. Uh, there's nothing about them that's traditional. Anything that comes their way, they're always up for change. That is not true about me. I, I love predictability. I have schedules. I have routines. Like, we call them routines or habits. I have traditions in my life. And they can be very simple and mundane or some that are very complicated and very deeply important uh, in my life. So it could be things as simple as I have a certain type of pen and notepad that I like to use when I'm studying, being creative, journaling, specific type of pens, specific type of notepad. Uh, you can find them in my backpacks, on my desk, like specific thing that I do. I eat a very specific lunch every day. It's very boring. It's people look at it and they will turn their nose up, and, but I will even eat it in the same order. That's how weird. You wouldn't think that. Box of spinach, uh, piece of fruit. Box of spinach, piece of fruit. Like very, very similar. It's been that way for years and years and years. Man, I've got all kinds of things, like a, a seven-week workout cycle that I go through that just brings peace and rhythm to my world. When I get home from work every day, I love to sneak into the house and try to scare my wife every single day. <laughs> it, is, it is tradition. Every night before I go to bed, I love to get a hug and a kiss from my kids. Like, I've got things that are life-giving and things that are just kind of small and mundane. Uh, and we make fun of these things, but the thing is, is we all have these traditions. If we take time to look at them, we have these traditions. Your traditions may revolve around a certain type of pie in November. Your tradition may have something to do with uh, explosives in the 4th of July. Uh, your tradition may have maybe as simple as ice cream on Tuesdays. But I, I was even thinking about this, the traditions that we have. Many of you, if you come here routinely on Sunday morning or if you're joining us like online, chances are you're sitting like almost in the exact same spot that you sit every week. You know what I'm saying? Some of you are like doing this going, yeah, that's why they make us leave so early because we don't want anybody taking our seat. Or you're like within five seats of where you would normally sit. Like for me at the lunch table during the week, I've got a specific chair on the west side of the big table in the plaza that I like to sit in. And even me, when I come out and I see someone sitting there, even though it's one of my friends, I'm like going, what are you doing? 
What, what's happening? You know, like what's happening here? And the thing about these traditions is uh, we laugh about the simple ones. We laugh about, um, you know, the ones where we can kind of mess with someone. Like if that's where Josh sits, we'll sit in his chair and mess with him a little bit. But the more personal they get, like if it has anything to do with who I am or my, my identity or things that are deeply important to me, we get very defensive and we hold tight to these traditions. We, we don't like to joke about them. And if you get poked on those things, people will go, man, I don't understand why they're poking on this because that hurts. And I even think about our spiritual lives that traditions actually help us to understand who God is. It helps us understand how to approach him and how he interacts in this world. It's kind of, kind of a role that traditions play. Like I was thinking about this and how, like let's take your prayer life for example. There's about a hundred different ways that you could pray. I could sit here and go, do you like to pray alone in a quiet place? Do you like the lights on? Do you listen to music? Uh, do you pray with your eyes open or your eyes closed? Do you pray out loud? Do you uh, pray silently? Uh, do you like to just completely not be bothered or do you prefer to pray and approach God in groups of people? What does your prayer life look like? All of these are ways that we, we have formulated over the course of our life of ways that we approach God and we come to understand how he interacts with his creation. In another area, I think about like how we worship on a Sunday morning, like we we're talking about a, a worship team earlier. And like for some people, like you physically, to physically stand during those songs is a distraction to your worship because maybe you physically are unable to stand for a length of time. And so you choose to sit or some of us like hands will be up or uh, some people hands may be out and you may hit the person next to you. And like some people you may be crying while you worship. Some of you may just stand in reverence and worshiping in the sound of God's people uh, singing together. Some of you like to sing alone. Some of you don't like to sing. That's hard for you. Some of you like newer music. Some of you like older music. Some of you don't like music at all. And it's like we have all these traditions that God uses in our lives to make sense of who he is, who we are, and how we're to interact with humanity. And I was thinking about this because I am very opinionated about the way that I want to approach God. But I also thought to myself that you guys might think that I was like, you might look at my personal traditions and how I approach God in prayer and worship, and some of you might go, yeah, that's really cool. I would do that. That, that, would, that would be life-giving for me. And others of you might go, man, dude's weird. What's he doing that for? Like, you might walk into a room back here and go, um, hey, I think we need, to, we need to call a doctor. Josh is, Josh is like weeping back here by himself. Like, there's something going on. Like, you know, but I'm just back there being alone with God, talking to him about life, and that's okay for me, but I'm not going to impress that upon you. A bunch of you guys in this room are like, man, I ain't about to cry and cry when I'm approaching God. Are you kidding me? You know, like, like I'm, but I, that's where we find a difference in Mark chapter 7. All through Mark, Jesus has been encountering with these groups of people, Pharisees, Sadducees, and scribes. They all had these traditions that Jesus was challenging, and they were, and they were, it was hitting close to home for them. And so they were finding ways to catch Jesus and to accuse Jesus and to discredit Jesus and his ministry here on earth. And because they were doing that, 
Jesus was like, okay, I guess we're going to have this conversation. And so we find this in Mark chapter 7, starting with verse 1. It says this, the Pharisees and some of the scribes, these are some of the people that were being accusatory of Jesus and were having their traditions threatened, having come from Jerusalem, uh, they came together to him having come from Jerusalem. Now, when they saw some of his disciples eat bread with defiled, that is, unwashed hands, they found fault. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they wash their hands in a special way, holding to the tradition of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. And there are many other things which they have uh, received and hold on to, other traditions, um, like washing of cups, pitchers, copper vessels, and couches. Then the Pharisees and scribes said to him, they said to Jesus, why, why do your disciples not walk according to tradition of the elders? But they eat bread with unwashed hands. Jesus is like, we're going down this road again. Okay. He answered and said to them, well, did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites? As it is written, this people honor me, honors me with their lips. He was talking about the Pharisees and scribes. But their hearts, their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. For laying aside the commandment of God, you hold to the tradition of men, the washing of pitchers, cups, and all these other things that you do. He makes an example of a simple tradition that they were holding on to. And all of us know the guy that doesn't wash his hands. You've either been in the restroom with him and you've watched him, you know, just leave. Or you've been at the lunch table and you see how dirty his hands are while he's eating a sandwich. And like some people are like, oh my gosh, what is that guy doing? Unbelievable. We're not talking about that kind of hand washing. You see, centuries before this interaction, God had put in place some ceremony, some tradition that would help his people approach God appropriately. And so when we talk about spiritual traditions and how we pray, how we worship, that's their whole purpose, you guys, is to, um, is to like, explain to our hearts and our minds and our souls the holiness and the goodness of God or to expose our sin or, or to really direct our hearts towards God. But these, the Phar these Pharisees and these scribes were just like holding on to these traditions for the sake of the traditions. They, it's like they had missed the whole thing that all these miracles were happening all around Jesus's ministry and they couldn't get past that because uh, because they were so bound up and threatened that their traditions were going to be taken away because this tradition was designed for any time that God's people would step into the presence of God. Scripture said that they were to wash their hands and their feet for these special ceremonial moments. And, and I thought about the, the cool thing about that, if you could imagine, if any time before you were to approach God, you were supposed to go through some kind of ceremonial hand washing. I was thinking about, I was trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. What would the benefit of that be? Because let's say I was approaching God at the end of my day, and so I knew that I needed to wash my hands reverently and wash my feet. I would be washing my hands, and I would be looking down, and like my hands, right, would tell the story of my day. Like if, if I had been working on a car, uh, there might be grease in my cuticles. If I had been 
you know, putting windows in at my house, some of that horrid expanding insulation that never comes off your hands for years. I might have, you guys ever get that on you? I hate sticky hands. That's the worst. That's the worst substance on earth. Like I would look down, my hands would tell the story. If I've been roofing a house with a friend, I might have cuts across my palms from the shingles or the knives. Like my hands would tell the story of my day. And I would be able to think, did I love people? Did I serve people? As I washed my hands. And as I washed my feet, I would be reminded of where I'd been. Like if my, my feet were like sweaty and all pickled because I'd been sweating all day out landscaping somewhere, like that would tell the story of my day. Uh, did I love my community well as I went? So I was thinking like there was good intention with this tradition. And I was wondering as they would take this tradition into worship, like what would a person do if they had that like tar on their hands? Like I could just imagine, would, would they be scrubbing it? desperately going, I can't approach God until I get it off. I can't approach God until I get it off. I can't approach God until I get this off. And I was thinking about there's one or two things that you could do with that. There's probably a type of person that looks at the condition of their hands and goes, these are too filthy. I can't be in the presence of God with hands like this. And so they miss their moment to be with God. And there's another person that in humility... Not pridefully saying, God needs to accept me the way that I am, but goes, this is hopeless. I, I can't help but be clean enough to be in the presence of God. And so it prepares the heart to approach God in a way that I would say is appropriate for worship, right? Humility. I'm not here for me. I'm not here for other people. I'm here, I'm here because... God is gracious and gentle with me in that I'm here because he's willing to look past how dirty these hands are. And that's where Jesus was in, this, in his motivation and how he was going to talk to these, uh, to these Pharisees. And I could see the benefit of this, but for Jesus to say, look, you're talking about washing hands. Have you looked at what's going on here? The sick are being healed, the lame are walking, the dead are coming alive again, and we're talking about washing hands. It's almost like you can hear Alan Iverson saying, we're talking about practice. And I'm just sitting here thinking, wow, we, they missed it. They're so focused on that. It's like, it's like you sat down to an elaborate Thanksgiving meal that had been prepared for hours, and you find two lumps in your potatoes, and they're going, all right, throw the turkey out, throw the dressing out, we're done, no pie, whole thing's ruined, got two lumps in my potatoes. They missed the whole beauty of God's ministry. They were missing what Jesus was doing, and Jesus did a great job, and always did a great job of over simplifying and getting to the core of what the true issue is. And in verses 9 through 13, he explains to them, he goes, look, you guys, I understand that you have these traditions. I understand that you hold fast to them and that they're important to you. But I don't think you understand how your traditions get in the way of people coming to me. I don't think you understand how your cemented mindset has made it difficult for people to approach the throne of grace. And he goes back into some, some other 
rules and traditions that they observe and how they contradict God's law. And, and he's gentle, but he's clear and he's firm. And, and he says again to the crowd, he gets to the core of the question in verse 14. He says, Jesus called to the crowd, Jesus called the crowd to him and he said, listen to me. Everyone understand this. Everyone understand this. Nothing outside of a man can make him clean. Or excuse me, nothing outside of a man can make him unclean by going into him. He's going, look, it's not about washing your hands. It's not about what you eat. It's not about where you are. He says, rather, it is what comes out of a man that makes him unclean. He was talking about the product of a person's heart, the condition of their heart, and what comes out of them is what makes them unclean. And that's, that's a really important question. I was thinking about that this morning, about how important a question is of how do I approach God with a clean heart? Because whether you've been walking with Jesus for decades, or maybe, this, maybe it's only been 10 days that you've been even considering a rela- relationship with Jesus, this idea of how do I approach a perfect, eternal creator God is intimidating. Because for me, I'm constantly going, I, I, I still don't know if I'm good enough, how do I present myself before God in a way that he will approve? And you might be sitting here in this room going, man, I, I just got up today and you're talking about a lot of rules. I just, I, I thought I needed to be at church today and I thought maybe God would have something to say to me and I feel like I'm ready to listen and that's all I've got. I was thinking about that. And if that's your story, your heart might be the most well-prepared to hear the good news of Jesus Christ because you're just humbly going, I don't have any agenda. I'm just here. So God, what do you have for me? I want to tell you that he has hope, and that's what he, that's what he continues to give. And I love that Jesus also uh, does what any good student minister would do and he debunks this myth of washing hands, he, he puts it completely to rest with a bathroom joke. And uh, because that's what a student minister would do. I would like to think that Jesus was the greatest youth minister that ever lived and that he loves a little bit of sarcasm, a little bit of bathroom humor because it's in scripture. This is what he said. He literally, he literally said it. He goes, he goes, look, when you eat food, even with defiled hands, that doesn't go into your heart. That goes into your stomach, and then it leaves your body. How could that make you unclean? It doesn't stick around. That makes sense. It's like he's using sarcasm and bathroom humor to go, you're missing the whole point. Whatever you're eating in the dirt of your hands doesn't go into your heart. It doesn't take root in who you are. He goes, but it is what comes out of the heart of a man. And we see this in verse 20. What comes out of a man That defiles a man. From within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murder, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, an evil eye. You wonder what that is? That's one of you cast stink eye. That's actually one of them. Blasphemy. And here's a hard one, pride and lewdness. 
And that pride wears a lot of masks. All these evil things come from within a man and defile him. These Pharisees and these scribes, third city, they had it backwards. It was like they were looking at what it takes to approach God, and they had this mindset that there was something that they could do to prepare their outward body for this spiritual experience. If I, if I put on the right garments, if I washed my hands in the right ways, like I looked deep into this, they went as far as to like strap scripture to their heads and their arms when they were, when they were like, like in worship and study with God. And like all these outward things that they were doing and Jesus was going, you're missing it. You're starting on the outside hoping that it will change the inside, he is saying this is an inner work. This is an inner work that starts with your heart. It starts with that, that source of pride and selfishness and lewdness and all of these things. I'm starting there and the finished product will be clean hands. But it's not a work that you do, Josh. It's a work that I'm going to do. And it's going to take time. It's going to take patience, and at times it's going to feel uncomfortable. But it's a work that I'm going to do. And it's easy to look at those Pharisees and go, man, those idiots always getting it wrong. What is wrong with them? And I couldn't help but think of these attitudes about traditions that we have that we might carry into this building or into our small groups or into our lives as we go carrying the gospel that maybe we run the risk of having the same mindset that when you walk in and you look across the plaza and you see that person standing there and you're going, oh my gosh, what are, man, what are, what are they doing here? And that judgmental attitude is what got the Pharisees in trouble. They were going, but you, they're not washing their hands. How in the world could they approach God if they're not washing their hands? And we make that mistake that we carry that attitude into the church. And we look at that person and we go, yeah, they better be here because something's got to change. Or maybe, maybe our version of carrying the gospel into someone's life is sitting down and pointing out everything that they do wrong. I want to give you a newsflash. When someone's life is a wreck, they don't really need a whole lot of help pointing it out. They usually know. They're needing someone to be patient, to allow the Holy Spirit to do an inner work in their heart so that over the course of time, we can see some fruit of change in their world. They're not needing someone to point a finger again and to make a list of all the things that they're doing wrong. This time of year, I think of where we're at uh, with receptions and weddings, and all the traditions that surround those, uh, those things, and, and it's rooms that are full, literally full of tables. And I was thinking just yesterday, because this time of year being a student minister, I get to kind of party hop a lot, and sometimes you go into a reception where there aren't places to sit, or sometimes there are places to sit, and it takes you all the way back to middle school all over again. Right? You're staying there with your lunch, and you're going, where do I fit here? 
Where is, where is my place? Um, and friends, if you're here this morning looking for a place, looking for a church, looking for a place to belong, you are in the right spot. You are here. You're going you're gonna to experience, I pray you're going to experience people that are going to walk with and enter heart work if that's the direction that you need to go. I pray that you're going to experience the grace and mercy of the Holy Spirit uh, working in you as it's working in all of us. You're in the right spot. And we have a tradition here that we observe every week, and it involves a table. And Jesus is saying, come to this table. It's communion. And, and we don't worship the tradition we worship the Christ that the tradition points our hearts to. Because as Jesus points us towards the cross and as, as communion points us towards a sacrifice that was necessary to start the inner work, this is a very important table, maybe the most important table that you'll ever take a seat at. And so when you take that bread... And as you eat it, it's a piece of a tradition that points you to the body of Christ broken on the cross. It should remind you of his willingness to put himself there where you and I deserve to be the ones there. And as you take your juice, As you drink that, it should point you to the blood that was shed on that cross. It reminds us of his mercy, his willingness to allow Jesus' blood to cover our mistakes, your mistakes. It's the power of a, what a tradition handled, held in the right light can do. Because in this moment, we're not worshiping the tradition. We're worshiping the good, good God that the tradition points our heart towards. Let's pray together. Father, your mercy is wonderful. Your goodness is unparalleled. And Lord, you have you have offered so much patience to us as your children. Patience we don't deserve. So Holy Spirit, we invite you into our hearts to help us to do the inner heart work that's needed to give us clean hands. So we invite you to do that work.
It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We simply cannot accomplish the mission and purpose of God's church and not get our hands, feet, and clothes dirty. We have to be willing to step into people's worlds. And we make it a little messy. We make it a little uncomfortable. The tradition that I'm hoping we as a church will hold on to is simply this, obedience to God. Let that be the tradition that we will white knuckle and never let go. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Third City Christian Church Podcast. Please join us for one of our worship services at 9, 10, 15, or 11.30 a.m. in Grand Island and at 10, 15 a.m. in Broken Bow on Facebook Live and at thirdcityc.online.church each Sunday. For more information about Third City Christian Church, send email to podcast at thirdcityc.org. Call us at 308-384-5038 or visit us online at thirdcityc.org.